Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett. I'm here with our Vice President of Communications and Marketing here at Heartbeat International, Andrea Trudden, and our Managing Editor of Pregnancy Help News, Lisa Bourne. And speaking of Pregnancy Help News, I have really enjoyed recently catching up on March for Life and all of the events surrounding the march in DC recently. And so I wanted to take a second to encourage our listeners, if you have not already checked those articles out, there are some pictures as well. So if you weren't able to attend, you can catch up on what happened at the march as well as listening to this podcast. That's what we're going to be focusing on today is what happened from those who were there at the march. So with that, um, we have also brought in a special guest for this episode, and she's been quite busy lately as she was preparing for the march in D.C., and um, now things hopefully have calmed down just a bit. And so we were looking forward to recapping with our guest, Jeannie Mancini. She's the president of March for Life. And so we are so grateful for your time with us. And I cannot wait to hear more about how this year's march went. Well, thanks so much for having me. Wonderful. Well, and as Christine said, I am Lisa Bourne here with Jeannie Mancini and Andrea Trudden. And I wanted to start out by asking Jeannie, now that you've had some time to catch your breath a little bit after this year's March, what are your overall thoughts on how it went? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, every year is unique. um, And the challenges heading into the marches and then the things afterwards, it's all It's so different every single year. And I think I'm mostly just filled with gratitude right now. Um, There, we had some challenge, some staffing challenges and some different things heading into the March. And uh, I was a little bit nervous about how it was going to go. And I'm just mostly filled with gratitude. I mean, more than anything. And it's, even though we're a non-sectarian organization, you really do have a sense that God is at the center of the work and you know, whether it's the different interesting things that happened last minute, like Coach Harbaugh coming, you know, unexpectedly, or um, just the the level of inspiration of different speakers, et cetera. I'm just blown away by God's work, I guess. And I was blown away again this year <laughs> in terms of that. Well, you mentioned that each one is unique. Is there anything that will go down in your memory for 2024 as as marking this year's March for you personally? Uh, well, yeah. So uh, there are a lot of things, probably some that I wouldn't necessarily share on a podcast, more kind of personal in my heart watching, you know, different things going on behind the scenes with our staff. But I think I'm, I'm very... Uh, grateful for our staff and um and seeing them kind of work through some uh some different challenges and to come up come through that stronger um and then i think just our theme which hopefully we'll talk a little bit about and i love i mean every year you know i love the theme pretty much every year but i really 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 loved the theme this year with every woman for every child and then seeing the pregnancy care movement being showcased. So that, that would definitely go down in my mind. And then, I mean, on kind of a negative note, I've never been sick uh, during or after the March. And so having that experience, like I, I wasn't able to speak at the Rose Dinner. So it's the first ever Rose Dinner I didn't speak at and being able to kind of just watch um, from the side and to handle even the day of the March very differently than I have in the past, because um, I just couldn't, you know, really do it or even, the week after the March is often our hardest week at the March for Life. And I was in bed the week after the March. So that's never happened before. So those are like some weird, unique things. But um, but 
as weird as it sounds, I felt God's providence very much in all of all of those things. Um, I think that that I've had that same experience when I've come in different roles of something on the surface seemed to go wrong. It, God's hand was there and he, and he was trying to show me something else. So when you said that about having to potentially observe instead of perform, if you will, I, you know, that, that, that made have I don't know if that was an opportunity for you perhaps totally. to, to see things. <laughs> it's a gift. It's actually a gift in a way. Um, when you, it, it, I mean, just to be able to step, step back and, and know that it's not about me. I mean, and it never has been, but it's very much God being at the center. Wonderful. Well, you did mention the, the theme and I do want to get to that, but did, did we just pass uh, another thought? Did we just pass your 10 years as, as being president or thereabouts? We're close to 12 years right now. Okay. So it was in 2012, in August of 2012, that I began working with the March. So, and I know that you work very hard and so does your staff, and you're probably not necessarily up for t- tooting your own horn, maybe theirs, but I, I really think that a lot of people might on some level, take the march a little bit for granted. It's it's the biggest civil rights uh, demonstration, obviously, and a lot of people do go to lengths to send their children or come themselves, that sort of thing. But if if you met someone for the first time that had no idea what the march was, and you had to give them some concept of what it took to to produce mm. this, what what would you say? I know that's probably a, a detailed answer, but I'll let you. Well, first, just in the kind of the elevator pitch of what the march is, I mean, so many people aren't even aware of the sheer loss of life that we've had in this country, you know, in the last um, five, five plus decades. And we've lost over 65 million Americans to abortion, which is horrifying when you really consider that. And every single day in our country, we lose over 2,400 Americans, unborn Americans to abortion. And we know that to quote one of my favorite saints, Mother Teresa, that when one life is wounded, um, when one life is taken, one life is wounded, that abortion is not good for women. And many women suffer really the war wounds of having been involved in abortion. And, and yet there's always hope and healing. And so, so we march um, in opposition to the loss of life and for the mother. So we march for the for the sheer magnitude of the loss of life to remember you know those lives that have been lost to abortion and then for the moms um to get to a better place and so we are the largest annual human rights demonstration worldwide bar none and um it is an enormous task to pull this thing off i mean it is enormous so we have a staff when we're fully staffed up we're 14 um we have a state march initiative as well, but and we have a, a whole army of volunteers that help us. But it's we start planning a year in advance, um, and uh, particularly from the time frame of September through the march, and then the few weeks after are working just like almost nonstop. And so um, we've got a lot of room for growth um, in terms of how we do this and uh, certainly in our state march program. But the the highs of being involved in something like that are unlike anything else you've ever experienced, like the actual day of and to see, you know, the little efforts that you do and how much greater they can they can actually reach. Like one one small story I'll never forget when we had um, trended worldwide on social media and prior up to that time. So this was a number of years ago, about 10 years ago, up to that time, we'd never even, you know, like really hadn't been on the kind of on the, on the, on the, uh, what's the word that on the radar really of people, Mm -hmm. even social media wise. And yet it's this huge March, you know? And so um, 
a, a few years after I started working at the March and we had a social media coordinator to actually worldwide be trending and everybody telling their story about why we march and why they're pro-life. It was so moving and just that incredible experience of, wow, we do like this little bit, which feels like a lot, don't get me wrong, like kind of our five loaves and two fish. And there's so much more that's done and lives that are, you know, changed for it. So um, I said elevator pitch and I think I'm way past that now, but, but largest annual human rights demonstration worldwide marching against the loss of 65 million lives and for every mother. And it, it's, it's a massive feat to pull this thing off every year. And I'm so grateful for the staff that we have to help with that. Well, that is just wonderful. Um, and uh, they probably don't get enough kudos and, and perhaps you, you don't either, but, um, we, we certainly appreciate you all definitely. Um, so back to this year's theme, uh, pro-life with every woman for every child. Can you tell us how that idea for the theme came about? Great question. So every year we try to really discern a theme that is what I would describe as what we most need, um, in terms of, okay, so the March for Life is the only place where all the different pro-life groups come together annually. And so our theme for the March for Life can be a springboard to some of the most you know pressing needs in building a culture of life. So past themes have included uh, adoption, a noble decision, which that was really trying to get at that gap between the number of infant adoptions every year, about 20,000, and abortions, you know, over 900,000, nearly a million in our country every year. And to get at that, why would a mother not choose to be a birth mother in, in this, you know, moment where she's facing an unexpected pregnancy and to show how noble and heroic it is for a woman to make that choice of being a birth mother. Um, another year we had pro-life is pro-science. And um, I can remember our little logo was a fingerprint um, unique from day one, you know, and we were really getting at the lie that, to be pro-life is not pro-science when it's the opposite. I mean, the reality is the opposite. We've had um, uh, Every Life is a Gift, which that was about babies who receive a poor prenatal diagnosis, particularly like Down syndrome or a trisomy um, diagnosis, and to show how, um, you know, life isn't about like being perfect, et cetera. It's really about that we have inherent human dignity from the moment of our conception. So we've had all these different themes. And um, this year really in praying and just, you know, discerning this, it seems like what we most needed to emphasize was the untold stories of the pro-life movement, which is very much the pregnancy care movement. Um, and that just a reminder of the heart of what being pro-life is about, which is just with every woman for every child, we're not, we're not just for the baby before birth. We're not just for the mom. I mean, we're really for both fully humanly flourishing. And so we wanted to retell that story and tell it in our own um, stories and language and, and showcase that. Fabulous. Well, coupled with that was a donation drive that we partnered, Heartbeat partnered with you on. So Andrea, Heartbeat International was ready when called upon to partner with the March for Life along with CareNet for the Pregnancy Help Donation Drive. Uh, what was the reaction upon receiving the invitation to collaborate on the initiative? And can you share how things played out in terms of helping to arrange for pregnancy help organizations to take part? Yeah, absolutely. We were so grateful uh, when the March for Life reached out to us. And um, your team is amazing, Jeannie. They were right on everything and very uh, responsive. And every question that we had um, was answered right away so that we could establish a really good system to get out into our affiliate world and to the network uh, within the U.S. to invite them into this opportunity. 
And as I'm sure Jeannie and her team could tell you, they were a little overwhelmed by all the positive uh, response, which was great. We love seeing that. We love the fact that um, when we put out a call uh, to our Pregnancy Help Network, pregnancy centers and maternity homes stepped up. They sent in their information and we only gave them a short window because the March was coming up, of course, and we wanted to get all of the pieces in place. So that um, their Amazon wish lists could be listed. And no matter what part of the country you're in, you can essentially find a local pregnancy help organization to provide practical and tactical support for through these wish lists. And so um, I know we were getting um, good questions and a lot of um, gratitude just for uh, what you were mentioning, Jeannie, being seen. It's like the pregnancy help movement has been around for more than 50 years. However, we have kind of that quiet charity that you don't necessarily need to know until you need them. And so uh, to kind of go with the theme, of course, um, emphasizing the fact that pregnancy help organizations are there to care for the women and the families and help them throughout their pregnancy and beyond. We know stories through Pregnancy Help News and through our affiliates where there are years-long relationships. There are people now working in pregnancy centers who were served 20 years ago at that same center. So it is um, a good opportunity to raise awareness that if people don't know of their local pregnancy center um, or maternity home, they can get connected through the March for Life website um, and see what is there, what is available. And also, we know that people are looking for those tangible ways of providing help. So yes, we welcome donations. Yes, we welcome um, volunteers, of course. But not everybody has that ability to give of their time or their uh, treasures, but they can donate a box of diapers or some formula. And that's so essential in keeping our pregnancy resource centers full and equipped and our maternity homes uh, supplied um, with anything from office supplies and administrative things to that material aid, such as formula and um, onesies and blankets and maternity clothes to give the women and families the support and a little added encouragement in a time where it's a little delicate and they just need a little uh, bit of a boost and encouragement in a moment of, of great need. So the drive does continue through the calendar year. Is that correct? I believe it is going to be up on the site all year uh, at marchforlife.org. You can just click pregnancy donation drive and you can sort it by state and see all of the fun um, places close by to you all year round to support them. Well, that is just wonderful. And uh, what better way to keep this year's March's theme going um, and, and keeping that idea going forward. So for both Jeannie and Andrea, could you speak to the significance in this moment of this theme and the donation drive? I know that um, Andrea went into some detail just now as far as the w different uh, items and, and how they could benefit uh, the, the various centers. But why is it crucial now more than ever to highlight the importance of pregnancy help, would you say? I'd, I'd Both Jeannie and Andrea, if you could speak to that. Yeah, I can go ahead and start, Andrea. Thanks. And we're so grateful to Heartbeat for all that you all do. I mean, it's truly just so beautiful. I love Heartbeat International. And thank you for partnering with us in, in this drive and, and everything. And so um, I would say there are a few reasons. Uh, for starters, I mean, I, I really do think that the untold story of the pro-life movement is the pregnancy help uh, movement, uh, basically. And it's it's a story. I, I love that it's untold because these are, you know, humble workers, you know, in the vineyard of the Lord doing doing the good work. But 
it's fun to be able to show like, look at this amazing work that's been, been done and for, for a long time, but in a more, if we're going to think about this in kind of quote unquote strategic um, perspectives, the truth is that the pro-life movement has been given a really bad rap <laughs> period, um, but especially in the overturn of Roe. And there are so many false messages that are out there about what it means to be pro-woman. And so while this wouldn't be our primary, you know, we're not trying to just set the record straight here, but we are setting the record straight that the, there's nothing that could be further from the truth that to be pro-life is pro-woman. And look at how we, you know, do that through the pregnancy help movement. Um, and so I think a little bit of this wonderful Pregnancy Resource Center report that has had all sorts of different iterations. I was really blessed and honored to be part of the second iteration when I worked at Family Research Council prior to working at the March for Life. But um, what that report does is it takes together the data, not all, but most of the pregnancy care centers around the country, and actually puts dollar signs next to it and numbers of people who've been served. And so the latest report was issued right before the March for Life. I mean, just a month before maybe. And uh, it's shocking really when you consider that in the last year where data was compiled, 2022, that these pregnancy care centers collectively provided over $358 million worth of resources for families facing unexpected pregnancies and served nearly a million clients and I'm pretty sure they're not counting the babies in that. So we probably could double that number or close to double that number. And um, so so this is a story that needs to be told, but it hasn't. It hasn't been told. So that's what I would say. I'm sure Andrea's got some other good points to make there. Well, and jumping off of um, the past year and a half since the Dobbs decision has been out there, you're right, Jeannie. We definitely know the um, a different lies and um, exaggerations and just efforts that have been out there to uh, discredit the work of pregnancy help and essentially anything that is life affirming. And it completely negates the fact of the amount of services, the $358 million worth of free services given to women and families through pregnancy help in one year. And it just there's such a strong effort, both from political activists and then politicians in general, to really belittle the work of anything pro-life. And so we've been following that, of course, um, from the national level here. We um, know that our pregnancy centers have the ability to serve women and be there for them throughout, um, and again, with maternity homes, even house them. However, this has started to become such a distraction because the news and the media, um, everything is just finding ways to cut at them. So it was really important uh, for us to uh, partner in this way. And we're, again, very grateful for the awareness through the theme of this year's March for Life, because it does shine a light that these pregnancy help organizations have existed, again, for more than 50 years. They've been in communities. Um, I failed to answer your question, Lisa. Um, uh, with this di um, donation drive, there were more than 500 organizations that jumped in on that. And that is um, still just a fraction of the number of pregnancy help organizations in the U.S. And so, to be able to spotlight the services and care and efforts that these organizations do day in and day out um, really is commendable that they've got um, 
recognition in this way because these distractions and these um, ways of discrediting them takes away from their heart of why they are doing what they are doing. Pregnancy centers and maternity homes open their doors to serve women and to provide her with the care and support that she needs when facing an unexpected pregnancy. That's it. And so from all of these different angles with very pro-abortion organizations and activists using any means necessary to discredit their work, it's really sad to see, but we know the truth and the truth always prevails. So the more stories that we can get out there, the more awareness we can get out there about pregnancy help, the better, because the work um, continues. We will continue to persevere against these attacks. And we had the opportunity um, along with the March for Life and others to take that time in D.C. to meet with our other pro-life friends and um, really stand up for life. So, yes, Heartbeat and the Pregnancy Help movement um, on the whole is is the the best uh, untold story, if you will, uh, to, to Jeannie's point earlier that that's out there. I, I learned that, uh, really when, when I came to work for heartbeat and, uh, you know, I, I love my mission of being able to tell those stories. It's so important. So we are of course, very, very grateful to the March for life for this opportunity to amplify that amid all the noise. One, one message that's been constant before Dobbs at, at heartbeat is this in essence, isn't going to change what we do, women are going to get up and need pregnancy help, regardless of the legality of abortion. And the pregnancy help community is going to be there to meet their needs, regardless of the landscape with abortion. So again, very, very appreciative of the March for Life uh, to, to get this out there and magnify it even more and uh, to have this donation drive to to benefit those centers. It's it's really a great thing. You know, um, one other point, oh, if, if I may, there was a study, um, a, a poll that came out shortly before the March for Life. It was a Marist poll. And pregnancy centers are so popular. I would say wildly popular with the American public. And I think that's important to emphasize because there are just not too many things that we all agree upon, but the the goodness of pregnancy care centers is something that the average American is really favorable towards. And I think it's important to point that out um, in large part because there have been some legislative attacks even against the pregnancy care centers as well. And just to show like, well, Americans are for PRCs, pregnancy care centers, and um, we should protect our right to be able to operate, you know, these um, benevolent organizations. So it's just another angle of why this theme is so important in this particular moment in history. Definitely. There was, oh, I'm sorry, there was a report at one point that said that the centers had a, a higher satisfaction rating than Chick-fil-A. And of course, that was a, a talking point, you know, of course, uh, saving lives of both mothers and babies is, is more significant than a chicken sandwich. But Chick-fil-A is known as, as the industry leader. So that was an appropriate talking point to, to say. So who's asking amidst all this noise, the women for, for their feedback on this? There's a lot of talking going on and a lot of things being said to your point, Jeannie, some, some legislation, some legal things, uh, all levels. But is anybody asking the women for how, how the, the service was and how they were treated by these many, many pregnancy help servants? I would say no. That's why it's to Andrea's point, it's very important for us to keep keep telling the story. Did you have more, Andrea, to add? 
Oh, I was just going to say, and that is the very much the, the truth, because we know that when we talk to the actual clients of pregnancy help organizations, they by far and away give them such high reviews. Again, I mentioned earlier that so many stay in contact with them and um, for years on end. And more often than not, people find out about a pregnancy center from a friend. And I like to say, friends don't tell their friends to go places that are not safe or that treat them poorly. It's because they know it's a place that they can trust. And one thing that I was going to add from earlier, it's just, I love seeing pro-life in action because we all are called to a certain part of a mission. And um, while we're all working towards one goal, and that's to protect life and to protect women, but we do it in different ways. So like we were not called to put, put together this massive march in DC. Um, however, the March for Life was, and they, through their efforts, were able to amplify a message about the pregnancy centers that we are called to be to serve. And so, through working together, and then with our friends in um, the research arm of things like Charlotte Lozier um, Institute, and through our legal friends at ADF and First Liberty, et cetera, like we all have our part to play. And it's when we work together that we truly can see a culture of change that embraces life and actually kind of turns the dial a little bit um, and, and amplifies that message of hope. Definitely. Jeannie, can you share with listeners why it's important to continue being a public witness to life through the march? Mm -hmm. And then I guess part two of that question is um, share a little bit about the direction of March for Life taking in the Dobbs era. I'm noticing all the different state, state initiatives as well. Right. Okay. So why, why do we still march? I mean, in a way, or why do we still bear a public witness? Um, well, I mean, in short, because we're not yet done. Um, so the overturn of Roe was incredible. I mean, we, I, I didn't think in my lifetime it would happen, not until just a few months before the Dobbs decision came down, but, uh, the, where, where Roe, when it was handed down by the Supreme Court in 1973, made abortion legal in all 50 states, the overturn of Roe didn't make abortion illegal or, more importantly, unthinkable. And so, yes, we've overturned Roe, but no, we haven't built a culture of life. Um, and some might argue that the work is even more important now, maybe not more important, but certainly in a different season and with a different level of intensity. So if we were to stop doing this national march for our greatest human rights abuse of, of the time, um, I think it would signal that we've succeeded in that. And, and we haven't yet. I think, I mean, our ultimate goal is really abortion being unthinkable in our culture. No one choose wanting to choose abortion. Um, and the laws lean towards that. I mean, it, when something is legal, it's seen as ethical. And so the laws not only protect life, but they also educate, you know, about things. And so we work towards changing hearts and minds and we work towards changing laws. Um, but we've, we're, it, we are in a new season, but we are so far from being done. Um, I wish we were done, but, but we haven't worked ourselves out of a job yet. Um, so that's the first part. The second part is in 2018, um, really in a moment of organizational discernment, 
because we were asked to do so many things and we couldn't do all the things. Um, Andrew was so well um, articulating before, you know, you got the Charlotte Osier Institute, more the, the academic think tank. And then, you know, the March, we rally the grassroots and Heartbeat does very different that, you know. And so um, so in that moment of, of kind of looking inside about what is it that we bring to the table of building a culture of life that no other group does, it's very clear that it's marches. We unite, equip, and mobilize people in the public square like no one else does. And the questions that we were asked around that time, more than any other questions were, can you help us start a local march? We just didn't have the staff bandwidth to be able to do it. <clears throat> so we decided to embark upon kind of a test and a beta launch of, would this be a good idea to even do this state state march initiative? So our first state march was in my own home state, Virginia, in 2018, April and it was wildly successful. We had 7,500 people come out for it. And, um, you know, we've had some ups and downs, but in short, I mean, we really discerned that we were called to start the State March Initiative. And it's been a lot of work, a ton of work, but this year alone, 2024, we'll be in 14, at least 14 to 16, possibly even 17 states. And our plan is to be in all 50 states in the next six years. And so, um, and so that's that's the direction in a post Dobbs world. But we also the the directions also to continue marching at the national level. In January, we've been asked a lot if we'll move to June, and for a whole host of reasons, we will not. We we plan to stay in January. Um, but so so that's that's where we continue to put most of our time and energy now as a state march program and the national march. Jeannie, do you have anything else that you think it's important for? grassroots pro-life advocates to know at this moment in time, whether related to the march, the, the overall pro-life cause, pregnancy help, you name it. Well, you know, because I'm just a woman of faith and really that's the most important thing to me. I, even though again, the march is non-sectarian, I always just ask people to pray and fast for this particular issue, because I think first and foremost, it's a spiritual issue and, you know, the battle is the Lord's, uh, but he does call us to participate in different ways, obviously. And so I think that engaging it in that very deep spiritual way is that's, that's the best advice I could give anyone. Wonderful. And Andrea, do you have any uh, closing thoughts as we get closer to wrapping things up today? Well, as you're talking about the state marches, I know we've been, um, it started in Ohio. So in October, we've been jumping in on that too, because it is so important to keep it um, at the forefront. So completely agree with that. And um, I was like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, breaking news, it's staying in January. So <laughs> it's very, very good to see. And I think it does represent something that we don't want to forget. So I'm very grateful to hear that too, because it, if we start changing things on a whim, then we start to forget. And so it's 50 plus years now that We've been marching and been talking about this, and I think it is so important um, to continue to stand up for life and very grateful for the March for Life and all you do. Well, we have had a wonderful discussion today with two lovely ladies, Andrea Trudden and Jeannie Mancini, and uh, we're going to wrap it up now and send it back to Christine, who has promised us that she's going to include information on that link to the donation drive. We talked about the March for Life, the theme this year being about pregnancy help, and that donation drive that we and Karenette are partnering with the um, March for Life on. So with that, we'll give it back to you, Christine. Thanks, Lisa. Yes, absolutely. Check out the show notes for some helpful links to take you directly to 
March for Life's information and that donation drive. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I love looking through baby stuff. And so it was so much fun for me to go through those wish lists the other day. And it makes me feel so good to know that um, some of those items the moms wouldn't otherwise have, or maybe it would be a struggle for the center to provide them for her um, because there's such a need. And so if we all work together and give a little bit here and there, then we can really make sure that their resources are full so that they can help those moms. So what a cool initiative. And we are grateful for the March for bringing us in on that. And of course, I'll link to that in the show notes. So share that so that we can get as many people on board as possible. And that link will be open throughout the year. Um, so keep sharing that with people and talking about it. And we will fill up those resources in those communities. Um, I'll also link to Pregnancy Help News because that's another great place to visit for information on the March for Life and some of the other um, surrounding events, including what Heartbeat was up to that week. So pregnancyhelpnews.com. And I would also ask you to subscribe to the Pregnancy Help podcast while you're at it, because we will continue with news related to the Pregnancy Help movement. We love bringing new content your way. So with that, thanks again, everyone for joining us. And we'll see you next time on the Pregnancy Help podcast. <laughs>